Hello world, welcome back to the second episode of the Boring Launch Podcast. Now, launching games can be very exciting, but it can also be very stressful, especially when you find out that your backend might be struggling to keep up with the traffic from your players. Well, this week's episode, we will be chatting about load testing, different ways you can load test your backend, and what are the things you should be looking for when you're planning for one. I'm your host, Raymond Arfianto. Let's get started. All right, I'm so excited to introduce our guest of the week. His name is Stephen O'Sullivan. He has been in games for about nine years right now, from 2013. He has worked in Activision Blizzard and the Demonware. He has shipped exciting games like Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, and Tony Hawk, Skylanders. Uh, oh man, like I, I miss Skylanders. And, and Guitar Hero Life. That's like the first Guitar Hero that has multiplayer, right? Yeah, it was. Um... God, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it's definitely the first online multiplayer. The concept was that you you would compete uh, against other players, kind of similar to how you do locally, but you'd have this like bar in the middle where you'd, you'd score up points, and and the more points or the more uh, notes you hit, you you get higher multipliers and things like that. So yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting one to work on actually. Nice. And then after Activision, you moved to Ubisoft Berlin. Yeah, yeah, movies uh, Ubisoft Berlin. So the um, yeah, there I was working on uh, Skull and Bones. Mm -hmm. I was working on some of the backend systems in in, uh, in Berlin. So shout out to the team there. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a very interesting, interesting project. You are a senior software engineer in uh, Savage Game Studios. Yeah, Savage Game Studios. Pretty new studio in Berlin. Uh, one in Hel We have an office in Helsinki as well, which is, um, we actually just met those guys last week for the very first time. So that was great. Had an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, we're a, we're kind of a, a mobile studio focusing on shooter games at the moment and building those in uh, in Unreal Engine. So yeah, we're, we're focusing on like a, a strong shooter core at the moment. So we're really focusing on the feel of, of the guns and things like that. So yeah, my my role there is just to work on the the backend systems and make sure that when we go live you know we, we hit it out of the park you know launch healthy launch healthy and launch that's healthy. that is what we want right when we ship games we want the games to be awesome we want the games to be fun and we want the games to be playable and that's what it is and we want the launch to be boring we want the launch to be predictable um, mm -hmm. but 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 first before we get into into like launching games and some of the techniques that you have how did you get into video games i actually got into video games when I, was, when I was pretty young so i used to live in new zealand actually and i remember my uncle my mom's brother he brought a playstation one back um into our house one day and i remember i was living with my nan and my, my my grandfather at the time and i remember my nan not wanting me to uh to play it because she just she just wasn't she didn't understand video games she just didn't want to, to hear about it or see me play it i ended up playing it anyway and i, I think the <laughs> first game <laughs> i think the first game that i um that I played, I, I believe it was Tekken 2. That was like one of the very first, I just remember being fascinated by what this, like this electronic toy was. And then actually we eventually moved back to Ireland um, so my parents, I think I was like six at the time. And then I got, hey, I actually took a step back and got the, the Sega Genesis or Sega <laughs> Mega Drive. So Sega Genesis for North America and got like, I, I remember playing Streets of Rage and yeah, the first Sonic. Um, and then ever since then, yeah, just, video games for life. I, awesome. I, I, th I, th I think that was my, my career path set at that stage. 
I, I don't think I ever said I, I wanted to do anything else after that. Oh man, that's that's awesome. All right, so you've been shipping a lot of games. You've been through all the different stages of game development, uh, all the way from conception to finalizing the games, which tends to be super stressful. So tell me about like some of the uh, Murphy's Law that you have encountered as you are finalizing games on when you're doing that shipping, shipping ritual. So I remember one scenario that comes to mind actually was um, when we were... We were kind of like we were kind of load testing. Um, God, I think this was I think this was CTR, so Crash Team Racing, and we we were testing out like a a new auto scaling platform. It was an internal auto scaling platform, and we were also using the, our in our own internal load testing framework. And obviously, we we wanted to run through some load testing scenarios as you do for the backend, so you can you can test everything scales correctly. Obviously, this is a new auto scaling platform, so we want to make sure that all the, the servers scale correctly. Nothing nothing's missed. Um, but one interesting scenario that we came across was that when we reached a certain number of players, for example, I, I think in this case it was sixty five k, our gateway would just blow up. We we couldn't figure out what the what the issue was. And so we kind of looked into it. We were looking into it with like some of our networking engineers and they were like, I have no idea what's happening. I just do not know why when we reach 65K players, our gateway just explodes. And so we kind of, we, we did a bit of like instrumenting and uh, eventually got to the point where we needed to, or we were looking at the number of connections. It turned out that because we hadn't actually thought of the case where in this case we were having an individual connection per load test user connecting to the server, that we need to scale the number of connections that the server could also handle. So once we hit that 65K limit, yeah, the server was essentially like, nope, I do not want to serve any more users, so goodbye. So we essentially <laughs> sent it, sent back a, a response to the client, right? So that was an interesting scenario, like just trying to instrument that and trying to figure out, okay, why are we not able to scale to our usual, like, I think, like COD, some of the COD load tests were like in the millions. We couldn't even, we couldn't even pass 100K. And it, and it was just due to the the way we were setting up this new auto scaling platform, and we were also do, we weren't we weren't really um, uh, doing any connection pooling or anything like that. So that, that was even even translating back to some of the servers that passed the gateway. So it was just kind of a lesson in like, okay, you have to be very careful about how you're handling connections, like especially from your clients, particularly from your load testing clients, um, because they they might not even be set up in the same way as like your your actual game clients and like how they're handling connections. So yeah, it was a, it was a very very interesting scenario. I'm sure that you guys were very glad to run the load test to find out that issue before you before you launch, right? Otherwise, yeah, very 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 yeah very very um. I'm very glad. Yeah, launching with that and not being able to scale above 65k users, uh, yeah, that, that would have been terrible. That to would find have been a <laughs> Would have been a problem. Like, and it's not, it's not, nothing. Um, you can even find out and say, like, say if we like ran an alpha or a beta, like, you're not, you're not, you're probably not going to get a 65k users on a on that kind of a type. Um, so it really was something we could only find through load testing. So we're we're, we're very lucky there. I mean, we're going to do the load testing anyway, but. Yeah, we were we were glad we found it. So, and I'm assuming that like you'll be making sure that load testing is part of your your launch ritual, right? Part of the things that you just have to do when you're launching a game going forward. Yeah, it's 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 interesting actually. Um, so I I made a transition to mobile games quite recently, and I'm starting to learn actually the the differences in launching a a triple A game versus launching a mobile game because the the timelines of the project are quite different. So like in triple A games, you're talking maybe two, three, four, five years of of 
time. Um, whereas in mobile, like a year or, or maybe even a few months, like in, in terms of iteration, because you could make two, three, four mobile games um, a year, depending on the team. And sometimes load testing doesn't fit into that that kind of pattern, in which case, yeah, you, you do kind of need to look at, um, at at some other options, like say like an, an alpha or beta test, which is a, is a type of load test. Because like there are two schools of thought with load testing is like, yes, the load testing is extremely important, but if it, if it takes up almost say like six, seven, eight months, even even up to a year, give, given the, the benefits that it adds, like sometimes there are, there are cases where when that, that may not make sense. And I, I would say in mobile, that's probably more often the case than not. Got it. Yeah. I think it's very insightful, like you said, this like because mobile, like some of the strategies that I've seen in, in mobile developers are they launch maybe in one region first, right? They do a soft launch mm-hmm. and then they would they would monitor it. A lot of times in Australia for some reason. But like, you know, um that's that's how they do it. And then they they would they would measure it and then they would that that's basically their version of load test. Yep. Um yep. so for the listeners it's looking into doing load test, either using the synthetic load test or the soft launch for the beta, right? Like what are the things that they should be looking for? Uh, what are the the key metrics or what kind of data they should be collecting and what what should they be watching out for? Um so I suppose one of the things that you should be watching out for, at least in my experience, is measuring a pretty common metric is the um the 99th, the 75th, and the 50th percentile latency. Just because the the reason 99th in particular is so um, important is because people don't complain when things are going right. They only complain when they're going wrong. So if, if some if somebody is going to be um, having a, a terrible experience at the 99th percentile, they're going to shout the loudest, and they, they're going to be they're always going to be like, okay, there's something wrong with their service. So measuring the the worst experience that your users are having and trying to figure out that bottleneck and why that's happening is particularly important, especially when you're running load tests. Another metric that I've kind of measured in the past is queue latency, because it adds quite a lot of latency to request times for clients. For example, like if you're in a matchmaking queue or something like that, and and for some reason the users are spending like five, 10, 15, even up to 30 seconds in, in the matchmaking queue, are there ways that we can make that even faster, make that even quicker to, uh, you know, I suppose enhance the user experience. Um, so that, those would be like a couple of key ones that I would uh, I would definitely measure as part of the load testing. Cool, cool. Yeah, the P ninety nine and uh, the Q latency. That's those are really good things to to measure. I think in the past when we were doing synthetic load test, one of the things that most people are ended up getting surprised after the load test is the cost. Has that been ever been an issue for you? The cost, yes. I mean, in terms of time. I think I actually kind of hinted at this earlier. The terms of in terms of time, load testing can be quite costly, especially when you compare how close, say, a load testing profile is. So, like your synthetic load test is to to an actual client. There there can be things that a client will do that a load testing client just will not do, and it can't. It can't practically do because it it can be costly to. Um, low test with real clients very very costly so i i would say in in my experience it's actually been quite a um time has been the biggest cost because time time is money like you've got you've got the um you've got the machine and like money costs of the servers and scaling up and scaling down but i think obviously you've got engineers time and that is quite costly like i've i've worked on low testing projects in the past that have run into the four five and six month um mark um, and I've, I've, I've managed those as well. Like I've kind of managed a load testing project where other developers were part of it. And yeah, it does quite cost a lot. And it always depends on your project, how much quality do you want to put, put into your load testing? 
kind of as I was saying earlier with mobile projects, for example, maybe it's pretty minimal and you just, just do the alpha beta, um, or maybe it's a COD style launch or a crash team racing or a Tony Hawk. And you want to, you really want the, the launch to go really, really well, in which case maybe, yeah, you put in a bit more effort. Cool. Cool. All right. So, so this is one thing that's interesting, right? Like going back to the synthetic load testing, I, I agree with you that engineering costs can be prohibitive uh, when you are planning this out, when you're executing the load test and it's the engineering time that technically you can, you can use to work on other things, like making the game more, more fun and stuff. At least like that's the, that, that's a lot of the rationale from a lot of the producers that I've worked with. But one thing that we are, we're moving into is like the long life service. Where, where basically you don't just launch, like you launch and then you iterate on it and like you release new content and then you release new new features. You want to engage your player base. And next thing you know, you have like years and years of live service. How do you plan out load tests for something like that, right? Where basically like any kind of updates can totally change how call pattern that goes to your backend. Yeah, that's a, it's a tough one. And, and it really depends on your, your use case. I've done this once for a particularly long running title, Call of Duty China. Yeah, essentially that this, this was kind of a, an interesting case where we had to analyze um, the existing patterns of the title and figure out the new call patterns of the client. I think we were particularly inexperienced at this stage because I probably wouldn't do it th this way now. But what we did was, um, yeah, we analyzed the the new call patterns of the of the new client and made a load testing profile based on that. And I think it, it really does depend on how you've set up your client and how it interfaces with your backend because you, you could you could have a very simple client interface, right? Like you could have something like say like, oh, my, my client is going to, to call this login API and then it's gonna call this get ticket API and then it's gonna authorize with that ticket and it's gonna do this and this and this. Um, or you could abstract all of that and you could say, okay, I'm just gonna get my client to call this this login api and it's going to happen automatically so I, th I think depending on the abstractions that you've set up in place on the client that can make the, these things easier or harder and saying that one one thing i've also seen in the past is canary deployments so you could have say like like a red uh, a red green environment where you have a certain subsection of your population that that has a backwards compatible api with the other subsection and then you start rolling these out these out slowly and seeing how the systems behave and so it, it really depends on your use case and and how your title is set up but i always i always do feel though when, when you provide abstractions and you put more control on the back end it can make things a bit easier you're able to control uh your population a bit more and how they behave and um, because you're, you're you're relying less on the clients to, to to make these changes totally i think that whole like controlling the population and having the levers that you have in the back end to kind of control you know so you don't just take down the whole back end right so like you got to yep. protect your back end in some ways by yep. kind of being able to control the behavior of the clients that's coming in i think that's very very useful i think load tasks is just part of the rituals that you have when you're finalizing a game because the last thing you want is you know you launch the game and then suddenly people the game, yeah right and then and then it's just heartbreaking <laughs> so well you know what's next for you is you know can can you tell the listener of like what big thing you guys are working on right now in savage i know that you're working on a, a mobile game anything they should be looking out for um i suppose just look out for savage games we are a very small studio at the moment um actually we're not that small we, we're like we're 20 i think 3 24 developers or <laughs> uh so watch out um yeah for savage games they're an extremely talented bunch i 
I don't think I've seen such a concentration or I, I personally haven't worked with such a concentration of talent in my career so far. Um, I would say the guys over at, at, at Demonware are amazing, but they're very focused on the backing. They're, they're the gold standard, I would say, of launches in, in the industry. They're an, an amazing bunch. But in terms of diversity of talent, of artists, of designers, of level designers, um, of engineers, yeah, we're a very strong crowd at Savage. We don't have a, a an announced title yet, so I can't uh, say anything on that. But um, yeah, just watch, watch out for Savage Games. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming to the show, Stephen. I think it's a fascinating topic. So again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Ray. Hey, thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any fun stories about game launches or if you have any game development topic you would like to recommend for future episodes, I would love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at hello at boringlaunch.gg. And if you'd like to check out more episodes, check out our website, boringlaunch.gg. See you in the next episode. Bye.